is there anything else that fires up Canadians more than gun legislation? There's no middle ground. Both sides of the debate are entrenched in their views. Hello and welcome to the Unpublished Cafe. I'm Ed Hand. We're coming to you from a remote location and practicing physical distancing to enhance safety. Almost two, two years ago, the worst shooting attack on Canadian soil saw 22 people killed in Nova Scotia over a 16-hour period. The guns in question were illegal in this country, having originated from Maine and California. Now, in response to the carnage, the federal government has brought forward Bill C-21, new gun legislation that bans more than 1,500 types of assault rifles, as well as new thresholds for muzzle energy. It would also allow municipalities to legislate a handgun ban in their jurisdiction. Our unpublished vote question asks, do you feel Bill C-21 will reduce the incidence of gun crime in Canada? Yes, no, or unsure. You can log on and vote right now at unpublished.vote and let your MP know how you feel. Coming up on the Unpublished Cafe, we'll take a look at the new legislation and whether there's some common ground for the polarizing views. Coming up later, Rod Giltaka is the CEO and Executive Director of the Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights. He will join us. First, I am pleased to be joined by Natalie Provo. She's a spokesperson for Police Souvient, a group that speaks out about gun violence in the wake of the 1989 shooting at Ecole Polytechnique. Natalie's a survivor of that attack and is a member of the federal government, was a member of the federal government's Firearms Advisory Committee until 2019. And Natalie, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Can I just say something? Sure. Um, the ban on the, the, these kind of weapons were requested uh, at the, right after the Polytechnic massacre in 1989. That was our first request in the 1990s. Uh, it was supposed to be uh, completely done by 1995, but the Liberal government at, the, at, at that time didn't completely uh, complete his law uh, you doing it. And uh, it was a promise from uh, the election in the election of 19 uh, of 2019 from the, the Liberal government. And it was also uh, promised after the 30th anniversary of the Polytechnic massacre. Sadly, uh, that there was that awful attack in Nova Scotia, but the, the liberal decision was not directly linked with what happened in Nova Scotia. Now, Natalie, you, uh, after the attack and, and after uh, the government decided to work on changes to the legislation, you were part of the firearms advisory committee, but yep. you left. Why did you yep. leave? Why did you leave? Because, because I, I didn't want to give my support to uh, the liberal, the liberal government uh, without being able to to speak to, to freely speech, uh, speak. Sorry, uh, the, the, the committee. Uh, I think we could have been able to 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 give a very interesting uh, recommendation to the government, but we were not able to work uh, as freely as we wanted, and I didn't want to be linked with my membership to the committee before the election, so I quit. All right. Now you mentioned that you weren't uh, allowed to freely speak. Uh, who was making that dictation? 
it, it, it's a it, it's a, um, a convention that when you are in, a, in this kind of committee, what's in the committee stays in the committee to advise the ministry. Uh, so I didn't I, I, I wanted to have my own uh, capacity of expression. Uh, you know, I was involved before with police souviens and I still wanted to be able to speak even if I was uh, because there was the election. So that's why I left. All right. Now, uh, 1,500 assault rifles uh, are now banned. And as you had uh, mentioned, they can't, they couldn't have been purchased after uh, May 2020. May. Yes. But uh, it, we're, we're not a lot of these, the, these already banned for whether the, the look of them or uh, whether it be the magazine size or, or its ability. It's to not a ban. No. It's not a ban. It's regulation, but it's not a ban. All and right. you still can buy a magazine that can be modified. I know it's illegal to modify them, but that can be uh, modified. They had been modified by Mark Lepin. They also had been modified by Alexandre Bissonnette. So it, they can be modified because they are, la they are a large capacity magazine limited to five bullets. It's not exactly a ban on these kind of magazines. Right. Now, uh, as part of this with the assault rifles, the government has a volunteer buyback program, but you don't feel mm -hmm. that does enough, do you? No, the pool is, <laughs> the, 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 there's a lot of people who legally own these kind of weapons in Canada right now. And uh, to speak of a real ban, I think it should be a mandatory buyback. It should be mandatory. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, if uh, you want to, if you want to remove them from the streets, I think you should do something to remove them from the legal owners, and uh, you should do something consequent to what they did. What they buy it, so you have to rebuy it correctly. Right. Uh, now, part of the legislation, well, is a municipal handgun ban. Uh, do you think that can work, or do you need the provinces involved in that? We think it should be a Canadian regulation, and we ask it from the beginning. A, a handgun ban in all municipalities? No, 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 no. It no. should be can it should be in the Canadian law and regulated at the Canadian level, not at a municipal in mm. at a municipal level right. or at a provincial level. Sorry. No, no, no problem. Now, most illegal guns in Canada are smuggled in primarily from the U.S. Now, have the federal government or has the federal government done enough to stop that flow? I'm not a, uh, a specialist in, uh, in, in smuggling uh, and uh, I think they, they can do more. But uh, what from what I have been through, uh, the legal, the, 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 the weapon used against me, against people in Concordia, in, in Dustin, and in um, at the, the mosque, uh, all those weapons were legally bought with legal owners. So that's why we think we should do something with these kind of weapons. Does legally this... owned. Right. Yes, I understand that. Now, does the legislation go far enough for public safety or, or would you like to see more changes in this legislation? Uh, I already said that we think we should have a, uh, a mandatory buyback. 
uh, we think that the red law, red flag proposition are not exactly what's needed by those who are um, afraid of what will happen with people around and owning guns. So if they feel threatened, I think that they should have a red line where they could call and that something is done quickly. Uh, and it's demonstrated that when something happens, the, the delay for reaction must be very, very short. So, and it's not a two, three, five uh, weeks uh, delay. If we have to go to court, that's a good way to, uh, to, to, to put into safety those who feel threatened by uh, firearms. Natalie, I want to thank you for joining us. I hope it helped you. Natalie Provo is a spokesperson for Polysysouvien, a group that speaks out about gun violence in the wake of the 1989 Ecole Polytechnique shooting. She is a survivor of that, that attack and was a member of the federal government's Firearms Advisory Committee until 2019. Now, as I mentioned, both sides of the issue not happy with C21, C21. Rod Giltakis, the CEO and executive director of the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights, Firearm Rights, and he joins us now. And let's start with the assault weapon ban. Uh, Rod, what do you feel left out here uh well I, I i contrary to feeling that something's left out there's a lot that shouldn't be happening right now which is okay. you know the seizure of 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 the guns uh from canadians ex exactly the group of canadians that typically do absolutely nothing to deserve their property being taken so it's it's a problem for a lot of people i don't think it's a winning strategy for the liberals and i think it's uh, everyone's losing all the way around now okay is that because the assault weapons were not banned before this legislation came through or was coming through uh, <laughs> i'm sorry maybe i don't know what you mean uh well you know the, the, in terms of the these these weapons that are in the hands of canadians um you know they were obviously legal before this this legislation was coming through right then may 2020 and they were no longer legal right Right. Yep. Okay. So in, in that case, um, I, I wonder what, like, what's the, the use of having an assault weapon at home, whether it's legal or not? Okay. Well, first of all, assault weapons were banned in 1977 yeah. in Canada. Uh, assault weapons are fully automatic firearms, um, you know, meant for military application. It's not even that there's no place for those guns in Canada. Movie armors have them, collectors have them, uh, but they're not in general circulation in Canada. What the the firearms in question are semi-automatic center fire rifles and shotguns, and they've been safely owned in this country for more than a hundred years. In the case of an AR-15, uh, since the '60s. So, you know, there there's really no justification to take these firearms away from Canadians. It's pure electioneering. It's uh, it's pure politics, and it's really not going to make anyone safer. Well, uh, now, has the government done a decent job then? You know, when we come to uh, dealing with gu the gun issue in Canada, it always comes down to obviously smuggling and uh, obviously criminals don't uh, register their, their, their guns. When it comes to smuggling and has the federal government done enough to give border security enough to find these from coming into the country? Well, you know what? That's hard to say um, because we don't really know what the government is doing. Uh, we really don't know what CBS is doing at the border to stop these guns from coming in. Uh, we know the government's promised to give them more money. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the liberals certainly are a government that uh, that um, gauges its 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 efforts and its level of success by the amounts of debt it can incur. Um, but at the end of the day, the real problem in Canada is violence. So it's mm-hmm. the real problem is violence, whether it's multiple victim public shootings. The real problem is violence, whether it's gang violence. The real problem with domestic violence is violence. Now, if the government is serious and deals with its crime problem, then its gun problem will disappear as well. And nobody has their property taken and no one's vilified for being so bold as to get a firearms license. And when it comes from, from when it comes to, um, to stolen guns, which is really the way that anti-gun people like to connect licensed gun owners, they really don't have much on licensed gun owners, but they, they always want to get something. Um, because it's very easy to take guns from somebody like me and impossible to take them from criminals, apparently. But when it comes to stolen guns, which is an issue, mm-hmm. that is actually property crime. That's a property crime issue. And where I live uh, in Chilliwack, British Columbia, property crime is a serious problem. The police are powerless to stop it. And that's where your crime guns are coming from if they were once legal in Canada. So deal with your property co- crime problem, deal with your smuggling problem, and your gun problem goes away. But that's hard work and it takes more than four years and that's why it's not being done. Uh, the, the buyback program is part of C21. It's it's voluntary. Uh, it seems to me, and, and you know, let me know, it seems uh, that part of the, uh, the program of C21 is a little light on specifics. <laughs> it's absolutely light on specifics. So the legislation just basically referenced the mechanics of a of a buyback, but no details on how that's actually gonna work. It just mentions it. Um, and C21 also, um, uh, permanently reclassifies those banned firearms as prohibited firearms rather than order and counsel, which could get overturned. It's a temporary measure. So, you know, what does the buyback look like? We don't know. How much are they going to give people for the guns? We don't know. We don't know anything. And besides, Bill C-21 probably will never make it through the legislative process because if Justin Trudeau calls an election, the bill dies on the order paper, has to be reintroduced later and uh, and starts from the beginning again. So this is, uh, as usual, Ed, mm-hmm. it's all politics. Rod Giltaka is joining us in the Unpublished Cafe, CEO and Executive Director of the Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights, as we discuss uh, the federal government's proposed Bill C-21. And included in that, Rod, is a municipal handgun ban and now we've got three levels of government involved in this. And is that, you know, maybe two, too many? Yeah, well, it's total insanity. You know, if I would like to, and I'll use uh, Kennedy Stewart. Well, John Tory is another great example, but Kennedy mm. Stewart in Vancouver, for example. You know, Kennedy Stewart has a rampant opioid crisis happening. Thousands of people a year dying in, uh, in Western Canada from opioid overdose and tainted drug supply. Uh, property crime is through the roof. Um, all kinds of problems and uh, and gangs are running around unabated by Mr. Stewart. And his answer is that if someone belongs to a gun club and lives in the in the uh, in in you know the greater Vancouver area or in Vancouver City, which is his jurisdiction, then he will make that person store their gun outside of the city or have to move. Uh, and the federal government uh, has has created probably the worst solution to any problem ever created by uh, you know out of the human mind which is to make it a federal criminal offense to be in contravention of a municipal bylaw. So we don't know, you know, if you're in contravention of a bylaw, who comes to your door, the RCMP or a bylaw officer from the municipal government? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, just, it's just a total mess. Misses the mark, of course. And, what, and really what the idea, Ed, is Justin Trudeau and people like Kennedy Stewart, are they, 
they're going to get around, smash around in people's lives that would never vote for them anyway. So it's just collateral damage to them. It's, you know, it's, it's again, it's all about politics and the appearance of doing something it does nothing for public safety. And gun owners are losers too in this whole equation mm -hmm. uh, as non-gun owners because they want a safer Canada and they're not going to get it. And in terms of a safer Canada, how, how do you see that happening with gun owners? Well, you, you have to deal with your crime problem. Now, it's with municipal handgun bans and with, you know, so-called assault style weapon buybacks and all of the other ridiculousness. It's great. It kicks the can, just like the liberals kicked the can in, in 2019 with uh, Bill C-71, just like they kicked the can when they got elected by saying, we're going to do something. Four years later, they got, you know, three and a half years later, they got Bill C-71. Those provisions aren't even implemented yet. Here we are in 2021. All of this stuff is just kicking the can and, and fooling the public into thinking, hey, look at the strong action we've taken. They're going to wreck lives, you know, people like me. I haven't done anything to deserve it, but doesn't matter. I wouldn't vote for Justin Trudeau and kick the can down the road. And by the time people figure out this did absolutely nothing, you know, they've been in power more, you know, long, long enough. They would have been turfed anyway and, and a new government comes in. So this is very typical of the political class in Canada. Well, okay, we, we can go back in the political class when Stephen Blaney used to say that, uh, you know, gun ownership is a, is a right in this country, and it's not when you see it's a privilege, that it's not in the Constitution, and it's not in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Well, it's that's the, the Supreme Court has ruled that that's true. Yeah. That's absolutely true. It's not uh, codified, you know, straight up mm -hmm. like the Second Amendment. But we do have property rights. Property rights should mean something to Canadians, because it's you know, we're, we're suing the government as we speak uh, over a, a charter challenge, over property rights. And if the government can just walk up with no justification whatsoever and take guns away, and they can walk up with no justification and limit your movement and limit your speech, you know, it's everything's on the table. And I think it's, I think most people just want to live their lives. They don't want to have to keep one eye looking at, at politicians, you know, every day, nor should they have to. But the misbehavior of politicians is getting pretty extreme. And Canada's changing uh, for the worse pretty quickly. So I'm going to guess say that from from your point, the bottom line from for you is this is a crime issue, a property crime issue, and the federal government, whichever level government's got to deal with that crime, deal with that first. And you feel the gun issue will go away. Well, of course, because if 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 violence de is decreased, mm -hmm. then your gun problem is decreased, and no one has their things taken. All Canadians are, are going to benefit from it because, uh, you know, we've had successive levels of increasing gun control since 1977, more and more and more. And every time, you know, the, the gun control people are like, oh, if we can just get this through, then, you know, the violence will be, you know, it'll be gone. And then the, it doesn't go away. Then the next thing comes in. Oh, if we could just get this through and, and then we'll be safe and it doesn't go away and they keep going and going and going. And, you know, the, at the end of the day, the politicians all know what's going on. This is like, it's the, the average Canadian, that's the person who the joke is on. You know, they all know, they know that, that gun control is a political football. It's a, it's a channel changer. And uh, we're all, you know, I think, I think rights are important. And I think people should have some kind of freedom and, and, and ability to, to deal with their own lives. And we're losing more and more of that. And guns is a great issue. It's a great illustration of that. Rod, I want to thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks.
Rod Giltak is the CEO and Executive Director of the Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights. And that leads to our unpublished.vote question. Do you feel Bill C-21 will reduce the incidence of gun crime in Canada? Yes, no, or unsure? You can log on and vote right now at unpublished.vote and have your voice heard. I want to thank our guest, Natalie Provo, spokesperson for Police Souvient, a group that speaks out about gun violence in the wake of the 1989 Ecole Polytechnique shooting. She's a survivor of that attack. As well, Rod Giltaka, CEO and Executive Director, Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights. And I want to thank you for listening to the Unpublished Cafe. Stay safe. I'm Ed Hand.